Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out So uh, it's Christmas season, boys, and what are you getting from Santa this year, uh, Mike? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. We'll see. I already <laughs> went to the Elton John concert, so that was uh, like an early holiday thing. But I'm it, hoping it w- to get a lot since I wrote the story about the Jew who saved Christmas. Ah, and uh, okay, but I guess Hanukkah Harry was really the original. Hanukkah Harry came and saved Christmas. That's what got it in my head. <laughs> Wait, it, or, did you say the Hanukkah Herring or the Hanukkah? You don't remember Herring. Hanukkah Harry? You might be too no. young for that. Also, no, we I we don't remember Hanukkah Harry. You know, no one but I'm you not does. Jewish. Come Herschel, come Herschel, come slow mo. Oh my God! Yeah, no, I don't remember that. It was a Saturday Night Live, and Santa had to call. Santa had to call out because he was sick, so he called his buddy. With the Easter Bunny, he calls his buddy Hanukkah Harry. I think played possibly by John Lovitz or something, and uh, and he comes and saves the day. He runs all the gifts to all of them. If John Lovitz is Hanukkah Harry, then who is the Jew who saved Christmas that you write about? Is that you? You know what? Let's start the podcast starting now. <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start over. Okay, so I was I went to Bree's youngest daughter's fifth grade production of Mary Poppins twice over the weekend. Twice. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the the first production was probably the worst production of anything I've ever attended or seen. Didn't you tell he, me you wanted to? They deserve to be punished. Someone. They did. They, 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 you, you couldn't hear any of the kids on stage. So like you're just like the everybody's just sitting out there. As you like, tried to utter those words was very funny. <laughs> you but like after, didn't know how to say it. Not that you wanted to kill them, but they should be I, fired or punished or fined. So are you saying that? Basically, I think Neil's saying that maybe you conveyed some sort of visceral reaction from it in a way. Oh, I mean, a lot of the parents were super pissed. They apologized to everyone the next day. because What, there was a mass email, apology email? I mean, how <laughs> bad is a bad performance? What were they like? It, I didn't say performance. I said production. It's basically you put a bunch of kids, and you're doing a play where like three or four kids are walking on and off stage constantly. There's nobody backstage to, to guide them or to the side. There's really loud speakers pointed at all the parents with really loud music on while the kids are doing their lines and oh, stuff. No. You just couldn't hear them at all. Ugh. So they're getting no response from the crowd. Everybody in the crowd is just kind of like, uh, what's going on? And at the end of it, the only kids you could hear were the ones who were super loud when they spoke. So it was, uh, it was bad. So anyway, I got it. There was some audio specific technical difficulties as well that were Specifically, the people who were paid to put on this production got should it. not be paid to put on another production. <laughs> um, so, you know, whatever. They hung mics. But anyway, <laughs> I was mentioning, because you said you went to Elton John. I was talking to somebody afterwards, uh, these two 
parents and and they were like they had gone to see the last waltz concert at the Orpheum i went to that as well uh, last i wanted Sunday. to go well, and they were like Sundays. oh it's great and they were just like you know it's great to hear like the old songs by people they were like because like i don't want to go hear, hear elton john just be like <laughs> like just gargling through his songs like songs that i love whoa and, whoa 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 party foul <laughs> he crushed it he crushed it he i don't crushed know it and he played deep cuts it was okay. It was but the, how, actually the best concert I've ever been to. Remember how when good I does said his voice actually sound? Hundred percent. Remember yeah, when yeah. I? Hundred percent. When I said two podcasts ago that Neil Young was the best concert I ever made. Mm-hmm. Nope, not anymore. Every well, bit of that two ninety a ticket. Awesome. Every bit of that two ninety a ticket was satisfied plus some. It was incredible. He was top notch in his playing, and his singing, and the band. And he's not done. He's just done touring. He's like, I'm still gonna play a la carte. But he's where was what it a again? master of the marketing plan. This farewell you know. yellow brick road for like 365 dates over five yeah, years. Yeah, that's true. Wait, you saw him at Dodger? Was it at Dodger, Dodger Stadium? Dodger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. No, truly, uh, he. It, there was no sad like it. Like I'm scared of that experience with Bob Seger. Because I know it to be true. Because I've seen some YouTube videos. His voice is pretty shot. But I would kill to see him. And yeah. and there's some other people on my bucket list. Like I, I, you know, I'm curious how Gordon Lightfoot's going to be. That just got rescheduled from the Canyon. Oh, Club. are you going to that show at the Orpheum? I was going to the one at the Canyon Club. Lightfoot. Um, Jesus, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of shows. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, my friend. Nothing yeah. wrong with Saw that. Saw Little Feet down at uh, down in Anaheim. <laughs> Got to mention you're really, you're really just what what was left of them, I guess. Yeah. Well, three three main members from Dixie Chicken. Okay. 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 Kenny, Bill, um, Sam. Moving on from Dixie Chicken, Neil, what uh, what is Santa gonna put in your stocking this year? Uh, a little baby boy. That's all. Uh, I'm, that's all I'm waiting ooh. for for Christmas. Um, all you want for Christmas is a son. That's a uh, heavy yeah. ask. <laughs> yes, Santa. <laughs> You got the uh, you got the materials. Yeah, no, that, you're supposed to provide the materials, Neil. <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, that's about it. I mean, I'm sure my wife has some nice stuff planned for me, but I did not write Santa this year. Ah. Yeah, but I'm having a little baby boy. I'm looking forward yeah. to Christmases moving forward and playing some mad video games with said son. So, now, um, do you do in your family? Because I didn't hear about Elf on the Shelf until like ten years ago. But everybody's like, I grew up with Elf on the Shelf, so maybe I thought it was a heavily guarded Gentile. I never affair. did. I never did Elf on a Shelf. Um, no, all, everyone I know now does it. Now I know. I'm I'm trying to talk Michelle into even doing Santa Claus. She doesn't. She wants to. It's cool. The, it's like the leprechaun. The it's like St. Patrick's. <laughs> and, she can say that now, but there's no oh, we're way doing, that she'll. We're doing Santa. He's not about to go ruin it for all the kindergartners. <laughs> The kid's going to be like, what's Santa? I want to write my list of Santa. And she's not going to be like, no, no Santa is a, a construct for consumerism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if Elf on the Shelf makes it. <laughs> I ruined Elf on the Shelf for one of Bree's daughters the other day because I guess she does this little, we move the elf, but also there's a little like thing she can put letters on that's like gives messages. The other day, I was, we were standing there in the kitchen. I was like, you should have done it, the haze with... Uh, with with an A and each, and both the kids were standing there, and she was like, "Shut up!" <laughs> I was like, "What?" Because I did not know that that was the purpose of the little letter board. And then the oldest one was like, 
why did you say that? And I was like, say what? And she's like, I heard you. <laughs> I'm like, you're 11. You, you should know by now. Yeah, it's um, obviously a toy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our, our elf is Buddy. His name is Buddy from the Elf mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, you were giving away that you control the words that it was generating. Um, yes. Got it. Yes. But uh, that only the 11-year-old heard. Have so. you spoiled a lot of their things since you've come into the picture? Is no. Tooth Fairy still intact? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Easter Bunny? I, well, although my mom always Santa gives Claus? All, no, yeah, I ruined the Easter Bunny for him. That was the one. <laughs> That was the one that did it. I was like, hey, an East, uh, there's not a bunny that comes in hides eggs. Uh, <laughs> but my mom always gets these T-shirts for all the kids and the grandkids. And, uh, and so one year she got one. That, it, it's a real comfortable T-shirt, but it has Santa's face on it and says, still believing <laughs> below it. So <laughs> I wore it because it's super comfortable. And one of the girls was like, why does it say still believing? Why would you stop believing? And I was like, uh... <laughs> it's just a saying. <laughs> I had no good comeback other than to make my mom feel bad and be like, hey, you ruined yeah, it for one of the... Thanks a lot. <laughs> <for the show. laughs> um, quick question. I did uh, show the girls my favorite Christmas movie the other night, Scrooged. What, uh, if, what, what's movie. your favorite Christmas movie? If you Just one. Christmas story. I grew up watching a yeah, lot. Yeah, you're going of, Christmas story. Okay. I mean, you know, and then yeah, it's I tough love to be. and then and as I got older to pick my own cuz that was more like passed down to me from my yeah. brothers, uh I would say Home Alone. I was obsessed with. Yeah. I think it represented mm-hmm. my interior world. Like I'm kind of home alone right now as well. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're facing your own demons. You're I'm more like I was setting up booby traps for all of these threatening. Pashy. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Stern. Stern. Yeah. <laughs> Neil I'd say Christmas Story, um, just because we've all seen it so many times. I, I feel like I identify with Ralphie a good bit sometimes in my life as well. But I did recently watch Gremlins, and I was surprised how uh. nostalgic and Christmassy that movie is. Oh right, because um, he gets. I really enjoyed it. It was it's it was such a time capsule movie. Like you can tell all the sets, and it was like just peak kind of like. Um, Spielberg movie making back then. Yeah, I, I always remember from that movie the Do You See What I See? <laughs> Isn't that at the end? Isn't that right before the credits? Yeah, yeah. I will say that my uh, <laughs> gifts from Santa were already given by, and two, you, two of you guys helped that happen, you know, uh, laying down some tasty tracks on yeah, some songs yeah. that I wanted to record. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, they are they are coming into form and great stuff. Hopefully, soon to be soon to be done. Well packaged. Um, so, so thank you guys for being uh, Santa's little elves or reindeer, whichever you prefer, <laughs> uh, for this holiday season. For me, um, <laughs> that's all we are now, to you is just some little elves. And, and the last question yeah. I have for you is: Do you have a favorite gift? Christmas uh, holiday gift that you've ever gotten that you remember? Yes. You have a few. My parents never gave us much for the holidays. We did Hanukkah as a kid, but I was always into Christmas because Christmas is when we had off. Christmas is when we go on vacation. Christmas is when yeah. it would be fun. We'd go, you know, whatever, skiing, New York, whatever. So, you know, Hanukkah was cool. That's when we get presents. 
all the years we'd get like a little present here, a little present there. One year, my mom, I don't know why, if she felt bad for me or something, I, I don't know what, but like she got me like Game Boy and like three games. Like, I was like, <laughs> yes, this is a serious. Like, oh, I felt God like God for Tetris. This is my first Christmas, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I'm going to follow up that, Neil. Mine was going to be. You know, usually you just get kind of junky toys when you're a kid that, like, last you for about a week, and you're like, why did I want this? I'm going to play with it for about three days. Chinese handcuffs. And I asked for a Sega Genesis, and I did not think I was going to get it. And some, and because my parents did not have much mm-hmm. money when I was that age, and I was like, no fucking way, but, <laughs> but I hope <laughs> I really want to get this. And they got it, and this game that came with it was called uh, Altered Beast. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm just so excited. I played that game. I think I, I think my, my, my brother and I we beat it like the first day. That's all we did. It was just like, oh my god, we're gonna play this. We gotta time. alter the beast. <laughs> we're, we're gonna become a bear this time. Oh my god, I just became a tiger. Uh, <laughs> all right, Neil, what you got? Well, uh, one that comes to mind. One of my favorite Christmas gifts was actually a gift from my brother. Um, I'd say 25, 30 years ago, my parents got him a guitar for Christmas. Ah, <laughs> and I was like, give nice. me that shit. Um, <laughs> my brother continued to play, but I really, for some reason, like as soon as he got that for Christmas, I really gravitated towards it and, uh, and then soon got my own. Um, and then, funny enough, this wah pedal I wanted when I was in high school, I remember my mom got it for me because it was a whole, it was very expensive. I wanted it so bad because it was this wall where you could open up the back and change it to be like Stevie Ray or Jimmy or fucking, you know, you, yeah. could, you could mess with the circuits, but I did just use it last weekend on the new album. My ah. wall, my wall pedal from high school that I got for Christmas. Nice. It all comes around. It all comes around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and on that note, Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah and all the other holidays that people. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Harry, yes, Harry Christmas. <laughs> and, and on that note, uh, you are listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week, we are talking about the holiday classic that started it all, White Christmas, by Mr. Bing Crosby, a 1942 single written by Mr. Irving Berlin and released on DECA. Of a Christmas. I'll just start by telling you a little story because White Christmas has peppered my life uh, a, a couple times. One of which was when I was about six, my parents took me on a cruise and they had a little entertainment thing and you, and you could kind of audition to perform for the other cruise people. And, you know, I put on my red sports jacket and sang white christmas <laughs> for the whole cruise without two front teeth they were everyone was like why don't you sing all i want for christmas is my two front teeth maybe i was seven i guess you know and, and you're and like I'm it's like, too easy i'm like i don't easy. know that song so i sang with no two front teeth white christmas which was like some That's sort amazing. of funny thing and then i think maybe a year or two later we were in new york and my parents were like, oh, it's okay. He can come into the comedy club. And they took me to the improv. And they're like, he, he knows all the bad words. It's fine. And, but I was too young. Like, I, I, I didn't have the etiquette. And I was completely inappropriate. And my parents didn't care. And they didn't 
do anything about it. So I'm like heckling Paul Reiser, who's up on stage on from My Two Dads. And I'm like, you're on My Two Dads. And he's like, okay, kid, okay. you know. And he's totally getting jarred. He's like trying to land punchlines. I'm like throwing off his rhythm. He's like, why is this why kid Why is here? this child here? And people are looking at me. And people are looking at our family. And, you know, it's just like, it's totally like an absolute train wreck socially and like my parents are in their bubble and finally the next comedian he comes on and he's like i'm gonna diffuse this right away he's like where's that kid that was heckling paul riser he's like gets me up on stage and he's like happy holidays everyone we're gonna have what's your name mike mike we're gonna have mike sing a holiday song you know any holiday songs I'm like yeah i know right white christmas so i sing white christmas he goes he's like no no and he whispers in my ear so the audience can't hear. And he goes, I want you to sing it with as many bad words as you can. Oh I'm like, my all right. God. So I'm like, I'm dreaming of a fucking white Christmas. And like the whole place laughing. <laughs> Some people are appalled, like, you know, towards them, like, Texas. What do you think Paul Reiser was thinking? I mean, he was probably thinking, what a genius way to deal with this little yeah. fucking uncontrollable <laughs> maniac that with parents who are completely inept at what is proper in a social setting but nonetheless that's where i got my start wow nice that's amazing so were you putting the bad words in the right places or were you just like dropping f i was dropping them way too much i was like i'm fucking dreaming of a fucking white fucking shit yeah and then i throw in a shit yeah exactly that's pretty amazing it's it's funny you say that though because like this is not I don't feel like this is the song that I remember from the radio at the holiday times. Like I, this song, I do feel like I just remember mostly from like old black and white movies and this coming on every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a standout song that I, I'm like, oh my god, it's White Christmas. It must be Christmas time. You know, it's not Jingle Bells or Have a Holly Jolly Christmas or uh, even. I always gravitated towards it because... It's not that I don't gravitate towards it. It's just that it's not something that was... It's not super cheery, oddly enough. You know, it's Mm -hmm. got that nostalgic, yet like kind of longing, melancholy going on throughout the song, which is... I probably have more of appreciation for it after this week than I did before because if you say, give me your top 10 favorite Christmas songs, this probably would not fall in... How much snow did you get in Mississippi on Christmas? Uh, we would get snow once a year, probably. Maybe when on that Christmas. happened, February. I know it happened in, on New Year's one time, but like Christmas, Christmas, maybe. So I, I don't know. I think it plays a part because in Maryland, it would snow a lot over the holidays. Typically, either it would or it wouldn't, mm-hmm. but it would a lot. And when the snow starts falling out your window. Time slows down. Yeah, and for sure, man. a song like that, the treetops glisten, it feels like that dusting mm-hmm. of snow coming down. And, and sensorial, I don't look at it as melancholy as much, you know, the way it hits me. It feels nostalgic and slow and lyrical to me. It's somber. And longing. There's a longing. There's a longing there, but I, I think for me, I always kind of, before this week, I thought of this song as like kind of a more of a manufactured product than a piece of art, mm-hmm. if, that, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Be- because I thought there was a consumerist element to it, but there's not. 
and and I was wrong. No, there became that. one. It, it turned into a product, but it wasn't conceived that way. Yeah, but I didn't know the backstory of like he wrote it because his kid died on mm-hmm. cr- Christmas Day, and he and his wife would always yeah. go to the same place every Christmas. So yeah. like, yeah. When you look at it like that, it's kind I'll of. I'll never cheery. look at it the same again. <laughs> No, no. I think it's not. I think he's looking back at, at Christmases with, even though he's, a, you yeah, know, yeah, a Russian you. immigrant and is Jewish. <laughs> I think he's looking back on mm-hmm. snow yeah, and yeah. this time of year. I think it's a masterful blend of taking from him and what he knows and how he relates to it and then bringing that consumer need and also dipping into the Christmas spirit. I think he yeah. really does a great job the way an actor would pull from their own life, look at a, someone else's script, kind of meld it all together and give their own thing. Like I think he does that beautifully in this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty good. I mean, at this point it's just so ubiquitous with Christmas. It's just it's almost its own thing now. I would have never chosen this. I think it's it's a little boring. I I definitely have a much uh, more of appreciation for it now. And um like you said, Josh, I mean, I'll never look at it the same again. It now that I know the backstory, it's kind of sad, but um, <laughs> but it really it just evokes such a the holiday in such a unique way. Like Mike, you were saying, like the, the you can almost see or feel the snow. I don't know. Listening to this, it feels a little colder. Like you almost feel like your toes are a little wet. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. May your days be merry and bright. Well, Crosby said, you know, I read, like, he even said, like, I I didn't like, he would go on, like, USO tours and stuff after this, and, and he didn't, like, he he didn't love singing this song because he, he made them all sad and all the soldiers start crying and stuff because mm-hmm. they're, they're thinking about home. But, you know, he's like, well, you know, I just got to, I, I want to do it because it, like, evokes some kind of feeling. That's in not them. how I read it. I read that he... Um didn't want to do it because he didn't want to give these soldiers. He goes, I'm not going all the way across the world to go make these people sad. But then they would say, no, we want it. We want it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, want yeah, to yeah. feel they it. Want... They want the catharsis. They want the yeah. thing that represents yeah. and reflects. Because, it, yeah, it's it's strong. Definitely American. It's American nostalgia. You know what I mean? And when you put it yeah. in that context, written in the war, that has way different yeah. implications. Right. I didn't really know if he wrote it specifically for a movie, but you know, I mean, it did appear in. He wrote uh, it for a Broadway production, then it got used for a Holiday Inn, and the, and then it won the Oscar. Yeah, and, it was like okay. a throwaway, I think, in his eyes, really, and then it became like probably one of the most. Well, isn't it the best-selling single of all time? Well, just the Crosby version has sold the fifty million copies, and actually, his estate is a top. I don't know if it still is, but as of like five years ago, it was a top five estate still. Because of this song? Because of this song. Wow. You know, I mean, I'm I'm sure Irving Berlin owns a large percentage of it, but I I imagine if Crosby, you know, because he was the biggest kind of musician of that era, so if he was going to put his name on something, he probably got writing credit whether he wrote it or not. But, yeah, I mean, his estate is worth, and then I think I read – Plus the covers, like over a hundred million single. Like, oh yeah, I mean Jesus, so, so many covers. Yeah, well, before, let's talk about the business yeah. of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> before we kind of, because there are so many covers of the song, like we'll, we'll touch on the Crosby version for a second here. But but Neil, what is what would you say your favorite part of this song is, just in general? Well, my favorite 
part of the song is when Otis Redding does it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's every part. And then it's every part of Otis. Okay, okay, that's fair. Mike, what what about you? My favorite part of the song? When, yeah. when it goes to the major minor switch. Where the treetops glisten yeah. and children listen. Same chord, just to the minor. I, I always love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's I, nice. I noticed that as well. And it, I, I, I really do love the melody in the song. I think it, you know, it's nothing crazy chord-wise, but there's a lot of major, a lot of minor. And, and then a few times he does do that with the... Uh, Oh, and he does it with the one where he just kind of, it's suspended and then, you know, then there's a major seventh and then there's a seventh and he's basically just playing variations of the same chord to kind of make the melody flow. But I would say my favorite specific part of the song it would be like at the end of the second verse and the last verse. May your days be merry and bright. And may, and like, because mm-hmm. like, whereas the song is kind of the longing and whatever, somberness or melancholy or whatever you want to call it, that there's a graciousness there and like a, an awareness of your fellow man that even if you're down in the dumps, you can still kind of wish everyone else well. So there's kind of like a hopeful note mm-hmm. in those yes. lines that I really find uh, as a nice way to kind of end each. Because like, you know, it starts with the, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and it ends with that. And then the second time around, it starts with I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and it ends with that. So I, I do enjoy Very romantic. that aspect. Of, you know, I'm a romantic guy. <laughs> uh, but, and that sleigh bells in the snow. Bing, ding, gong. That's nice. Like, <laughs> well, that's more production. I think, you know, you know, usually when we finish kind of the intro of this podcast, I'm like, and produced by, I couldn't find a producer. And the song itself, it was, do- it was done at Radio Recorders for Decca Records. And it, supposedly it was done in 18 minutes in, on May 29th, 1942, which I, I believe I read that that version was yeah. lost. Yeah, or they wore it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or. And, it's yeah. or. I, they wore it out. You know, and it's basically it's Bing Crosby doing the vocals. It's the John Scott Trotter Orchestra, and then the Ken Darby Singers. Hmm. And I, I will say the production on that one is just something you cannot reproduce in any other like that that sound of the '40s when they, with mm-hmm. the crooners and kind of the orchestras and all the oohs and ahs. It's a sound that you really can't. Yeah, it's a whole production. Produ- like it's nobody a- else could produce that. Yeah, yeah. Moving forward. Yeah, it, it's certainly a time capsule, and it's it's so cool. Like back in the day, when just so many people were involved in these productions of songs, it was it was an army of people. But if they did it in eighteen minutes, that means that all of them were in one room together. Yeah, you they're probably, all pros. It, pros, yeah, pros. and they're just like, all right, this is these are the chords. They all have their books. They you can have a yeah. twenty-piece band in there with a bunch of books. Yeah. And I guess if, yeah, if you have it all written out, I mean, and you got pros, they're just going to play it. Right. One of the things for me was, especially listening to the covers, all the other crooners that did this song, it just is not, it doesn't hold a candle to this version of it because of what they had in that specific mm-hmm. record. They were producing for the screen. I think there was something to that magic that was like... Yeah. They yeah, weren't afraid the... to sprinkle it up. Yeah, it had, well, had Hollywood behind it. Well, since it's it's cold in L.A. 
And unfortunately, I'm not sitting by a fire, but I'm bundled up. I think we should earlier than usual slide under the covers because the song has been covered. I, like, I thought you'd never ask. I, I think that the song has been cut. Like usually we, on the, we pick a song and it's just like, all right, I'm going to like four or five of these. And I'm like, holy shit. I mean, everybody has oh, covered yeah. this yeah, yeah. song. So let's just kind of go through. Mike, we'll start with you. Just talk about one that you listened to. The Gonads um, punk version. <laughs> that was great. That's the one you want to start off well, with. Is the so I, list, I, I looked for so many and like Billboard's top 10 and da, 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 and they all just sound so similar. Like nobody was willing to like take a, a different turn or an angle on it. And you know how I value creativity. So I was like, you know what? Gonads. The gonads. They went for they, it. They, they, the gonads, gonads went for it. And they're like, we can do what we want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, why quit there? Yeah. Uh, they were like doing like White Christmas, you know. Oh yeah, they're 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 having some fun with the with the druggy aspect of there it. There was you know? a pun there, which you know you could take that into some dark areas with the with the vibes of the song and and that. If that's what you're doing on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, if you're just a, like by yourself, like thinking of Christmas while doing that in a hotel room, yeah, could be could be worse places you go. I one another one that I listened to that like I found. A little bit haunting because of her voice was the Carpenters, and she—they do a weird thing where they do this whole like beginning thing where it's like did some. That, well, that was I listened to it. It the was intro. written. She's like talking that. about something in Beverly Hills, and yeah. then it's like, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's how it was written by Irving yeah. Berlin. That's the original. Um, but uh, they they cropped yeah. it uh, for really? the movie, yeah, because he was in L.A. when he wrote it, probably in Palm Springs. Uh, that makes. And they they do that as Everything well. Everything about the... that that changes the oh, whole cha- thing about yeah, the song. Yes, it changes the whole song completely. I had no I, I had no idea that that was. And a, it opens um, Phil Spector's A Christmas Gift with this song. I mean, that. between the deceased child, the Palm Springs angle, the war, he just covered all the bases. It's mm-hmm. it like you said, ubiquitous. It's up for interpretation. He's not but writing a does, Palm it, Springs yeah, white the, Christmas. The song is completely different. It's funny. He, you can but, look but at it. But if you throw in lenses. that whole thing about being sunny and cloudless and in Beverly Hills before it, and then you go into "I'm dreaming yes, of a white." But I'm dreaming. <laughs> okay, God, my my mind is a little blown now. But mm-hmm. okay, but but the Carpenters do a, a nice. I mean, she Loved she has it. a great voice, and it, that was actually my you favorite. Guys are burying the lead. The best. It wasn't my favorite. The best. Did you either of you listen to Otis? I didn't get to listen to Otis, but I know that'll be oh my, my God. new favorite. It's so good. Like it's, I mean, I couldn't even listen to the Bing version anymore. I listened to Otis like five times. What? Why don't we stop the podcast right now <laughs> and listen to Otis? Okay, sure. and sure. pause for our listeners as well. I listened to the Otis version, and I don't. I didn't love it. Oh my it, God. it was it's not so, my favorite at all. Um, so I, good. It was he, too. It was too choppy and like start stoppy. It was like, ah, no, well, no, man. no, no. Well, it's it's how you inject soul into it, obviously. Um, no, 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 no. There's uh, the the drifters. Did no, the best give me a break. Give opinion. me a drifters break. Was fun. Get out of here. No, <laughs> the drifters is uh, the, the way they use the the voices. You have the you have the. the I knew you were gonna love the drifters and, ones. And then the falsetto. He loves and doo-wop. All the, he loves the other ones. <laughs> No, and even even don't, beyond that though, Sharon don't Jones. Step and the on Kings my Otis do... point. Let me finish. Fine. <laughs> I mean, when Otis goes to that, may your days, may your days. 
That's so <laughs> good, man. And the the line, um, treetops glisten, a little bitty, little bitty, little bitty children listen. <laughs> I, I see. I didn't know. I didn't little like bitty. it. I did not L- like his interpretation um, of the song. I think it's so good um, because it's also it's almost like. He took I've Got Dreams and just sang White Christmas over it. I know. That's why I didn't like Because I'm like, I want to hear I've Got Dreams. Just just listen again with an open mind. I, I have a pour a glass times. of wine, sit down, get get your fire crackling. <laughs> After all your little itty bitty chilling. Uh, <laughs> itty bitty. Uh, you know, itty bitty. Itty bitty. Itty bitty. <laughs> I was surprised because I was when I saw that he did it. I was like, "Oh, this is obviously going to be my favorite one," oh, man. and it wasn't. God, the arpeggio, just a classic. I don't need White Christmas to be done like that. I mean, like uh, I enjoyed I the way the Drifters I did do. it. I enjoyed the way Sharon Speaking Jones of, did it. Sharon Jones was awesome. Um, super cool. Like, definitely did something different with it. It's, well, the it's dap just make it so oh, funky. God, you know, it's rocking. So I went looking for a Ray Charles one because I I do mine the way I think that Ray Charles might approach it, but I could I couldn't find one. And really, so you know that's how I approach it. But what I like about the song is that like I can do a rumba beat, like you know, you can do that. You can do boogie. Dreaming of a Christmas. You can do those take you out of the mind frame of what the song is supposed to be. No, but no, because there's like a little you know you're at the Christmas party. The guy writing and singing this song is not moving like that when he's singing these words. He is somewhere else, wishing he was somewhere else. You don't boogie or rumba or itty bitty itty bitty when that's the case. Uh, I, um, dreams can take a turn. Did you guys uh, hear? I think it was in 2018 or something. Clapton did a version, and there's like a little YouTube claymation video. It's it's all bluesed out. Um, it was pretty good, man. It's almost like Key yeah. to the Highway. He took Key to the Highway. And made it White Christmas. <laughs> I'm a dreaming. A five four one. No, I don't. I don't know what the chords were, Mike. I got the white <laughs> Christmas dreams. I'll tell oh, you yeah. one that was disappointing um, was the Dean Martin one. It was oh, mostly pro- it was mostly production based. If like, you listen so close, cheesy. you could hear the scotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean Sinatra was fine, but I'd probably still rather hear Bing Crosby. Um. Willie's is classic. Um, everything uh, he does is classic. He's nostalgic and himself. When so. every time when that like uh, acoustic picking solo comes in, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. You're like, that's what I wanted. <laughs> because because he can croon and he sounds like he's crooning, but then he comes in with that and you're like, ooh, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bing couldn't pull this shit out of his ass. And I um <laughs> I heard an instrumental one called Gretsch cover. And I'm obviously a Gretsch fan. I play a Gretsch. Um, just kind of a instrumental version using the whammy, using the like a reverby Gretsch. Really nice. Learn, learn Did y'all that. like the Elvis version? I didn't listen. Um, I was just so uh, enamored with all the other ones. I, I, I don't know. We you did Blue Christmas. What it sounds yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I, you I, can imagine what it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> I listened to the Elvis. The Elvis was good. Yeah, I liked it better than Bing uh, in in terms of his voice. You know, yeah, I mean, Elvis has a better voice than Bing, so makes sense. You know whose was good? Barbara Streisand. Yeah, 
She does the L.A. verse, um, and pretty good, you know. Like it's a, it's a little bit of a rub for me with the New York Jewish accent. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so quick to judge. No, um, I mean I, I'm all about like leaning into all the different ways, but it's like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. It's just funny, like hearing the white. New York Jew, you know, <laughs> sing it is funny to me. I can't explain. Did you guys listen uh, to any you hated? The Bright Eyes version is weird because it sounds like it's not even him singing. It's a girl it's, singing that, right? Yeah, and it's like an, it's kind of done in an indie way that just I know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't handle the T Swift. Um, it was it was bad news because it was just like acoustic <laughs> mandolin. It's it's young Taylor Swift, right? I get it. Sound it sounded very. Um, it sounded like a manufactured product. Yeah, it did. It, it sounded like it was done about five minutes. Here, here are the lyrics. Let's do this. Okay. Here are the lyrics. Let's do this. And we're about to make some millions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure it's sold plenty. Um, it was funny. I was watching Buble do it with a uh, Crosby hologram. And I got confused because it looked so real. You know, obviously just a small screen YouTube. I was like, is Crosby still alive? And then I I went to the internet. No, that was 77. He died, Neil. (laughs) I saw that thumbnail and I I, I was like, wow. It'd be like 110. (laughs) And may all your Christmases be well. Well, just a couple more, a couple of fun facts about the song uh we mentioned the the 50 million and the 100 million sales this song also charted three different times once in 42 when it came out again in 45 and 46 and then they just created a holiday specific chart so so basically this wouldn't chart every single year after that because this song kind of created the holiday mm-hmm. original music kind of moving forward yeah it became um, a whole business Real quick, I've asked this in the past. Mike, do you think there's something to the Christmas song composition? Something that makes it Christmassy, whether that's intervals or like yes. the bells. Obviously, instrumentation, but um, I think there certainly is. It's, it's just funny. Some songs, no matter what you were singing, it would sound like a Christmas song. I think you know it's I mean? the, yeah, that two, two, five, one, six jazz touch always feels really kitschy. <laughs> and swingy and like uh-huh. top hatty you know it just has and it always sounds like the singers are almost laughing when they sing christmas song. like when you hear a christmas song it's almost yeah. like well the sound of that like well, there's yeah. just all teeth and it's become like there are just certain things i feel like if you're going rock and roll you got to go like rockabilly style almost turn up the reverb get on the gretch get after it yeah and get your gretch cover on well speaking of turning on the reverb and and getting getting into some Gretsch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time to vibe. So so Mike, why don't you uh, bring us into this holiday vibe in uh, three, two, one. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I would have preferred your uh, Hanukkah Harry impersonation, but that works as well. <laughs> Mike, you picked this song, so when when do you want to hear this? Actually, it's funny you should ask because uh, my friends, my other friends, make fun of me for listening to Christmas songs in July. 
<laughs> so you, you so you want to hear this at the Fourth of July ceremony? Yeah, because that actually fulfills on the longing poolside. You know, uh, oh, because because you know you're six, you're still six months away. Oh, exactly. So you can dream. Of, yeah. Okay. I got it. That's nice. Good answer. Thank you. Especially living in L.A., knowing that beginning part now. Mm. I may do that at the next Fourth uh, of July barbecue <laughs> Just I have. Bust put it, it on. Please do. I'll know that you thought of me. And be like, it's sunny in Beverly Hills. This one goes and, out to uh, Mike Russell. Crazy Mike's coming over. Get the Christmas stuff going. Somebody move the elf. <laughs> I'll call in Delilah and dedicate it to you in July of next year. I'm um, going to stand in vigil outside your window singing Silent Night in my falsetto. <laughs> hey, I'm always open for carolers. Um, <laughs> come on in. I I want to hear <laughs> I want to hear this song. I want to hear it next to a fire, drinking something warm. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's really the only. I don't I don't really care what time of year it is, but like if I'm next to a fire, I'm drinking something warm. Chestnuts. And this comes on, I could be like, all right, I'm down. Um, I I want to hear the Bing version at the mall when I'm Christmas shopping. And uh, see, I thought you were definitely <laughs> going to say in a hotel room when I can't get home for Christmas and I bought a bag of Coke. <laughs> Is that what you thought I was going to say, huh? <laughs> um, One day his child's going to listen to this podcast. And cut and we're back. Um, um, so, yeah, I want to hear the Bing version at the mall when I'm Christmas shopping. But. I want to hear the Otis version that has elevated to Christmas Eve fireside. I think even this week prior, I was like, this is one of my new favorites, the Otis white Christmas. So thank you, Mike. So like just three too many glasses of nutmeg or eggnog. And you're just splashing all over the place. You're like, you gotta hear this Otis Redding version of white Christmas. (laughs) Or, or three responsible glasses of, (laughs) and then just enjoying a nice vinyl version of this song. Thanks for fucking up my. Uh, Let me just say there. that I remember when you <laughs> met your wife and you guys connected on Otis Redding. So it all comes back around. Did we? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I mean, who who doesn't connect to Otis? I mean, I think oh, he has a part goodness. in every uh, every good relationship. <laughs> Did well, we? Well, well, talking about eggnog and and. And I'll be in alone in a hotel room. <laughs> I think that means it's time to, to slide under the influence and, and talk about the influences of this song. I mean, you know, childhood, snow, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Christmas, um, then, Christmas, cruises, comedy clubs. Really, any holiday you song you can think of after 1940 is basically owes something to this song, probably. Like, simply having... Wonderful Christmas time. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this is Christmas. That's the same <laughs> Maybe song. Maybe not that one. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not? No. One's John Lennon, one's Paul McCartney. Oh, funny. What's the Eagles one? What's the Eagles Christmas oh, song again? Um, Bells will be ringing. Oh, this is Christmas. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's Oh, Christmas. that's what I wanted to ask Anything. you. Neil, does the what? Otis Redding come from a whole holiday, Otis? Um, there yeah, more? there's there's some more. I think it's on a Soul Christmas album. He does Merry Christmas Baby or something like that. Okay. I don't think there's a... There might be a whole album, but I know I at least have a couple on my kind of holiday playlist. Any other influences, guys? 
Not really. It's, I mean, like you said, Josh, you covered it. It's so influential to kind of just the Christmas yeah. song as a product. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's uh, yeah, nice I'm job. Sorry. Well done, Mr. Irving Berlin. Yes. yes. Um, and speaking of Irving Berlin, who also wrote think America, of, the beautiful. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, one of, one of the treasures <laughs> of the uh, songwriting mm-hmm. field. But speaking of treasures, I think it's time we talk about whether the shoe fits or not. So, Mike, it's your song. What? Uh, do, how does the shoe fit for? I mean, it fits like a Santa boot, of course, uh, stocking and all. So, so you're going <laughs> stocking and then boot over stocking. I believe that's what the stocking is all about. Are you like taking it originally. down off the fireplace and putting it on that stocking? Uh, sure. If it's white <laughs> enough of a Christmas, then I'm going to need extra fluff and it'll be more of a Sorel. It becomes a Sorel at that point. Yeah. Santa's uh, Sorel. And who does and who doesn't want a Sorel? It's called a Santa uh, Sorel. That is what the uh, shoe is. Santa Sorel. Yeah. yeah that's go. that's that's what something else is going to be called this this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Neil, what what you got? Um no, the shoes don't fit, but it's like a little bitty, little bitty Little bitty kid slipping into his parents' slippers to take out the gift trash on Christmas morning. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Thinking that a child is going to take out the gift trash. I had to. Oh, wow. Look at the discipline instilled <laughs> from a young age. Uh-huh. Way to go, the Marsh parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, for me, it's, it's like a pair of cozy mocks. Just putting the bare feet in. Trying not to get them too close to the fire. Perfect fit. Perfect fit. You should start a brand called Cozy Mox. Cozy Mox. There's definitely a brand. That could be with my sibling, Cozy Crocs. (laughs) Cozy Cozy Crocs. And Cozy Mox. There should just be a Cozy Crossover. A a store. (laughs) A a Cozy Crossover. We can do a pop up in LA. Wonderful. What do you you say, Mike? I'm in. Coming soon. All right. Well, on that note, uh, our guest, Michael Russick's cover of White Christmas.
say I'm dreaming of my wife Christmas with every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be cover you just heard was performed by michael russick thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you if you like what you heard please subscribe and rate on apple itunes and spotify or wherever you listen if you'd like to communicate with us you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week is mike's week since this was the holiday uh week so mike what classic rock song will we be discussing next well, I don't know if it is called Classic Rock, but it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, we'll be looking deeper into the masterpiece, Operator, by Jim Croce. Can't wait! <laughs>